Hello everyone, I'm Rick Cole from the 50 Years Ago in Hockey podcast, and this is a clip from Overtime, our bonus full-length podcast that goes out to our Patreon supporters a few times a month. Overtime is news and analysis that we just didn't have the time to fit into the regular Friday shows, and it's one of the extras we're happy to give our patrons. To find out more, visit patreon.com slash hockey50years and enjoy this clip. Uh, this next piece is is uh, something uh, I really wanted to do. It's uh, again from the Courier Express special section, welcoming the Sabers, and it's written by the voice of the Sabers, the great Ted Darling. This is one of those times when I wish I had the talent that my son had, my son Andy, who produces our podcast. Andy uh, did a lot of work in comedy uh, over the years with uh, Second City and uh, Tim Sims Theater in Toronto. And Andy is a talent for imitating voices with an uncanny knack for realism. I wish I could do that because I would love to be able to read this story to you in Ted Darling's voice. Ted wrote this article for the Courier Express, and I'm just going to pass it on to you right now. Ted uh, begins the article by saying the question a play-by-play broadcaster is asked almost all the time is, how do you manage to know all the names? This is perhaps the most difficult part of the game, especially in hockey where the players are moving so fast and appear to come from nowhere to grab a loose puck in front of the net. The first hurdle for me was to get to know the Sabres and after a few games of watching and studying their individual styles, I could then concentrate on the opposition. In other sports, the broadcaster might have a spotter with them. However, in hockey, the game is too fast for a spotter to keep up with the play-by-play man, and you must be able to identify the player immediately, almost instantaneously. Identification of the players is only part of the preparation on the day of the game. On that game day, I will start to prepare my notes in the afternoon. First, I'll go over the results of the games played the night before and put all my statistics up to date. If we're playing a team I haven't seen in a couple of weeks, then I'll have to check to see if they have a winning streak going for them or if they're in a slump and get that all up to date. When there were just six teams in the National Hockey League, it was pretty easy to keep right up to date. Now with 14 teams and each team playing 78 games, it keeps you hopping to stay abreast of the complete picture. A few hours before game time, I call the coach at the hotel where the team is staying and uh, find out who's playing that night, if there are individuals standing out for the team at the moment, and if he's got any injuries to report. As far as the Sabres are concerned, I'll have attended the light workout on the morning of the game and a quick check will put me up to date. An hour and a half before the game, I will be at the arena talking to the opposing coach again and checking his final lineup changes. This is when I ask him to go over the lines he'll be using and the pairings of the defensemen. Then it's off to the Sabres dressing room and a talk with Punch Imlac to see if he has any last minute changes. I may find out who's not dressing and arrange with that player to be a guest on the intermission portion of the game. At 7.30, both teams go on the ice if it's an 8 o'clock start for the pregame uh, warm-up, and that's when I block everything else out of my mind and concentrate on studying the opposition. In many cases, I will know a majority of the players already, so I'll go over the ones that I'm not quite familiar with and repeat the names and numbers as often as possible during the 15 minutes they're on the ice during the warm-up. 
most of the time you familiarize yourself with noting uh, how a player skates, his physical build, or the way his hair is cut. But now it's becoming more difficult because, of course, many of the players are now wearing helmets. And then you must identify them by number only. At 7.45, the teams leave the ice for the next 15 minutes until game time, and I'll study the lineups and check commercial content for each period. The stopwatch is a valuable uh, accessory to a play-by-play broadcaster. Uh, It's as valuable as a hockey stick is to a player. Commercials are usually on tape and must be played back at the radio station remotely. I am not able to hear the commercials, but I know their length, and when I give a cue, the operator rolls the commercial and I start the stopwatch. After 20 or 30 seconds, depending on the length of the commercial, I start broadcasting again and set the radio picture for the listeners. By 8 p.m., all the preparation is completed as we get ready for two and a half hours of hockey broadcasting. Every play-by-play broadcaster has his own style, and you got to pace yourself to create the excitement of the particular game. Hockey is an explosive sport with goals coming at any time, so you must be ready and right on top of the play once the attacking team gets inside the opposition's blue line. It is important to give a complete audio picture of the play, but not too much so as to confuse a radio audience. With all these thoughts running through your mind, you wait for the opening cue a few seconds after 8 p.m. and settle down to bring all the excitement and glamour of an NHL hockey broadcast to the thousands listening over WGR Radio 55 in Buffalo. 